just me today. I've got a few things that I want to talk about and it's just going to look a little different than the previous podcasts have looked. Uh, I'm sitting here by myself today and I want to address some things that have come up in my life and that have to do with one of the neat things about this podcast is it's forcing me to confront a lot of my personal brokenness. And I want to start off by saying that I am a broken person. I, you know, I do not have all the answers. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to discover more, I want to discover more truth. I just have a really high value for truth in my life. And I feel like the closer I can get to truth, the more clear it becomes how far away from truth I am. And I know truth because it resonates, and I think we all do. We know truth when it because it resonates in our spirit inside of us. We hear something someone says or someone points something out in our lives or about us and or about a particular topic that we enjoy or don't enjoy and, and we hear it and we just say, Ah, oh, that's that's true. You know, that's real. And I think that that's the, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I just I want to grow and it's one of the reasons. And I had said, I don't know, I went into a, uh, or I produced a podcast where there was some group discussion. We had gone away as a community group for the New Year's, for New Year's Day and the weekend, like this, the weekend around that. And we were gone, we were together in a house for, for four days, three nights. And we had some really awesome moments as a community group. Uh, but we also had some really tense moments, uh, moments of conflict, and it was really challenging to move through that. And I experienced some of that on a personal level when I got some feedback on a podcast that I haven't actually released yet. And I think I want to release this podcast first before I release the one that I've already got in the bank here. And the reason for that is there's some things that I talk about in the podcast with Jack and I get really triggered in the podcast and I think that that's come through it's probably apparent to you guys but um, I've identified some of that behavior as justifiable and a part of who it's just part of my personality it's part of who I am and I can come across as a know-it-all and that I've got things wrapped up. And it's actually, when I think about it, when I think about that attitude and mentality, it's actually the opposite of what I'm seeking. What I've talked about in this podcast, about embracing tension and and not having all the answers and not having black and white thinking. And it comes through and it, it sounds good because we love 
our anger and we love to feel justified in what we're doing and saying and what we believe that there's validity to it and that we're there's we we gain some value about ourselves in our beliefs and after having listened to the podcast and 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 having some feedback on the podcast i've discovered that there is some genuine brokenness in the way that i communicate there's genuine brokenness in my thought process and how i see things and i guess i just want to let you guys know those of you that are listening that i'm i'm becoming aware of it i'm open i want to grow i want to be a better man i want to be a better man of god and you will always be able to find fault in people i i'm a firm believer in that but i i don't want i want to push i want to push comfort zones i don't want to offend people i want to push your comfort zone if you're listening to this on a regular basis i want to stretch your idea of what you've come to know as truth and i'm doing that i want to do that for myself i want to grow as a man and but i don't want to personally offend you and i think we've used the word offense too much in society today and we've we've sort of made it this really like it's like a taboo word like don't offend me you can't offend me you can't say those things because i'm offended i think we've maybe even perverted the word a little bit it i would say diluted the word and it's become a lot more mainstream of a word and I think offense, maybe I do want to offend, I don't know. What I'm trying to communicate here is that, is that I don't have it all wrapped up. I don't have the answers. I'm trying to do the best I can with where I'm at in my life right now. And I think that's the journey. I think that's God's journey for each one of us is to, to be present in our mess and aware of what God is doing in our lives so that we can move out of our mess. And it's, it's easy to point fingers and say, oh, well, you're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing the other thing. Um, but is that, are you moving forward in your life? One of the things I was thinking about today was, am I moving forward or am I moving backwards? Because I don't think there is stagnancy in life. I think that we can become complacent and sit in a certain place for a while, but... I think that ultimately we're either moving forward or we're moving backwards. And the heart, more hardened my heart is, the more isolated I become, the more entrenched in my beliefs and positions I become, the bigger the wall I put up around myself. I, I isolate myself. And that is a really dangerous place to be. It's not really where I wanted to go with this conversation, but, or this talk, but, Here's what I did want to say. Um, I uh, I experienced some really eye-opening revelation in my life uh, about a month and a half ago in November. And it really caused me to sit back and reflect on my truth and how I was seeing the world, sort of the lenses that I was looking at the world through. And it caused me to, I'm not a writer. I, I mean, I do like to write and I feel like I am a lot clearer when I write in my thoughts. I typically don't sit down and journal or, or 
write things out, but I felt really moved to sort of establish or um, discover what it was that I was actually feeling and, and, and bring a new level of awareness to the brokenness in my life. I want to share that with you. So here it is. Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? This scripture came up in my purity group that I'm a part of um, after a weekend that was supposed to be one of the highlights of my year and actually turned out to be one of the worst weeks of my year. Uh, I crashed my truck on the way to a hunt on a way on a, into a hunting trip and I caused almost $20,000 worth of damage to my new truck. Um, I called out some close friends on behavior that I deemed unacceptable during the weekend and proceeded to just really have a hard heart all weekend long uh, with really close friends that I treated very poorly all weekend. I came out of the week with a profound sense of selfishness. I was, a, I was aware of my selfishness. It was, uh, you know, it's always been like the Patrick Swayze way, you know, it's my way or the highway. And that if I can't have it my way, I'm either going to make you miserable or uh, isolate myself from the situation so that I can build my case so strong that nothing will move me from my walls of entrenchment and justification. It wasn't until after listening to a friend talking about insecurities and how that they're actually the opposite of God's love that I realized something very profound. My initial thoughts were I didn't really have any insecurities. I was a good guy. I'm hardworking. I make a decent living. I'm fairly good looking. Um, I have a strong A-type personality that didn't have a problem making decisions. So what could I possibly be insecure about? And I realized something in, in that talk that was very profound for me. I cover my insecurities under the guise of my strengths. I push my opinion, my knowledge and understanding of a particular situation so that I actually don't have to sit or be present in tension. As long as I create the tension or conflict, I can justify the outcome, no matter how uncomfortable it is for everyone else. The irony there is that I was the only one that was aware of what was going on. I'm sure those around me could see as plain as the nose on my face what was going on that I was hiding behind my strengths, abilities, and knowledge. It was a place I was familiar with, and it provided me a lot of comfort. This new awareness was actually very overwhelming, to say the least. It took me a couple of days just to process all those situations that I had chosen my will and comfort over others. It was sitting in front of me, though, undeniable, like a smashed-up $65,000 truck. What really threw me for a loop is that this is how I had been my whole life. How could I have missed it? You know, was I really this blind? I mean, it's not like no one's ever told me before, Rhett, you're being selfish. Rhett, you're selfish. How had I missed it? Why wasn't I able to pick up on it earlier? All of those selfish moments began flooding back to me. Like this tsunami of pride and ego, self-righteousness and blaming and anger and rationalizations, isolation, and most importantly, justification. And not the good Jesus kind. I was whipped. I couldn't believe I was so blind. But what was different about this time over the last 42 years of countless lost and broken relationships, 
selfish choices, selfish choices that had left me alone and bitter. And then it hit me. Community. Real, authentic, heartfelt, messy community. I can remember sitting down to dinner with my friends and we were having Thanksgiving dinner. And it felt like I was having dinner with my family, not just friends. It wasn't just camaraderie. I mean, that was there, but this was family. Like closer than any family dinner that I'd ever had. These guys were my family, and we were actually doing it. It felt so real and authentic. It was something that I had longed for my whole life, and here it was. It was because of Jesus in all of them, individually and communally, that I was able to see my sin. It was reflecting back to me as though I was in a room of a thousand mirrors. I was watching and witnessing how my behavior was affecting each and every one of them. I was also able to see that Jesus' love was shining back at me from each and every one of them. So not only was I able to see the brokenness in me, I feel like I was given some insight as to how to deal with this brokenness. See, outside of community and deep personal relationship, it's easy to dismiss and ignore the true issues that Jesus is concerned with in our lives because we are only accountable to ourselves and the world around us. And the world says that that's just fine. When we are confronted with things that make us uncomfortable, anxious, scared, or fearful, we tend to fall back on the things we know and trust, things we know to be dependable. Sometimes this is our own abilities and the things that we're good at, control, controlling the situation, the conversation, or even people, our knowledge of a particular subject, or our wisdom. These are what become barriers or walls that prevent us from growing in God's love through our insecurities. It was only through a number of events and situations and personal interactions, all of which broke down and fell apart over the course of five days, that I began to see that it was my behavior that was directly and indirectly causing the negative results. Now, I could look at any one of these individual situations and justify that it was miscommunication, it was bad luck, it was circumstantial, and feel justified in my discernment of the situation. But the problem is, is that I don't usually have the ability to see my blind spots from a situation-to-situation basis. I've created subconscious beliefs that reinforce my individual behaviors. But when I'm faced with a multitude of interpersonal relationships that are breaking down, negative physical manifestations of my decisions, it forces me to look at the situation as a whole rather than the individual parts of it. The only common denominator of it all is me. Hopefully, I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that I can ask the Holy Spirit to help me find what is inside of me that is causing these situations. The basis of this talk is essentially that I rely on protectionisms that I've created throughout my life to stop me from feeling uncomfortable, out of control, anxious, and worried. When I live in fear, I'm not living in faith. I am not trusting Jesus in my situation. I'm trusting in my own abilities. One of the things that stood out in this scripture in my homework from my purity group was verse 24. It says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. It talks about denying ourselves. And when we deny ourselves, we deny access of the enemy's control in our life. When Jesus said, when we deny ourselves and take up our cross, it means life abundant. But it doesn't feel that way when we're doing it. And I'm certain that I'm embracing the enemy's access in my life. 
is he's giving me the ability to not feel that discomfort. It's a subtle way that the enemy is in our life when we are in self-gratification and self-medication. In my homework, it says, your cross is found where your will runs counter to God's will in your life. Let me repeat that. Your cross is found where your will runs counter to God's will in your life. That sounds good, but how do we know where those two places meet? That's the hard part. That's the part that we actually blind ourselves to. Because a lot of the times we actually think that we are in God's will, when in fact we are living out exactly how the enemy has taught us to deny uncomfortableness, tension, and angst. It's actually our will. When we allow the influence of the enemy subconsciously to control our thoughts, behaviors, and actions, identifying that point where our will runs counter to God's will. I think sometimes it feels impossible to find. For me, it usually comes in the form of some explosive or dramatic situation where I'm forced to analyze my behavior and take stock of what's motivating me to behave in a certain way. Why am I doing this? Where am I running? What's inside of me? What belief inside of me? Am I believing something about myself that is causing me to run counter to God's will in my life? Identifying that point is the crux of it all. I remember this weekend, or that weekend that happened. It was an awareness. It was like this situational awareness. Being overwhelmed by the idea that it was actually me, and my selfishness that was causing all of these issues in my life. And it rocked me. It took me days to get through understanding that, let alone being able to do something about it. That's the place of awareness that the process of taking up your cross begins. I think a lot of times when we are in relationship with people and the relationship becomes to, you know, comes to a place where there is confrontation or conflict, it's because one or more of the parties are being faced with that crux where God is using the relationship to point out the connecting point where our will is running counter to his will. A lot of times it's so overwhelming and it feels like offense to us that we aren't willing to walk through the discomfort and the conflict that it creates to discover the point that is ultimately going to lead us closer to God. We would rather leave the relationship. We'd rather dig ourselves in and entrench ourselves in our justification and our understanding of the world and the way we've lived it. Use all the experience and brokenness that we've created in our world. Bring it around to justify and strengthen our position that ultimately leads us out of relationship and healing and awareness into separation, loneliness, and self-righteousness. There's a saying that goes, if you want to soar with the eagles, don't peck with the chickens. A lot of the times we have a higher opinion of ourselves than our peers. But if you look around your life at the close relationships you have, that is more of a direct relation or sorry, reflection of who you really are and what you believe in than any idea or thought that you, that you have that rents space in your head. If you aren't deeply connected or close to someone, then you're only as good as your best thought and bad as your worst. But in community, in deep relationship, we are called higher through our peers and through relationships because they reflect back to us the good and the bad. We get to see and experience other people's perspective of the world and how they've managed to get through it. We get to see things in people that we love and things in people that we hate. And oftentimes it's been said, the things that we see in people that we hate is usually a direct reflection of ourselves. And this is why we need to die to ourselves our selfish ambitions, 
our broken beliefs, so that we can be the best versions of ourselves, not only for our growth, but so that the others around us can see, so that they can grow and learn from this experience. Think about the journey of the disciples and in the beginning of their journey with Jesus. I mean, they were a hot mess, but they didn't give up on each other, and Jesus didn't give up on them. I'm sure there were a lot of interpersonal fights, things that pushed their quote-unquote truths box. We are only going to be able to go further if you envision that picture of God's will and our will meeting, that place where we are to pick up our cross, that point where my will runs counter to God's will. If you envision it as a rabbit hole or a place of depth, that it's not just one thing, that it contains a lifetime of selfish desires, ambitions, and habits. I think that as deep as you're willing to commit to relationship is as deep as you'll go and allow people you have relationship with to pull on those tender strings. I clearly believe that this is the way that we were intended to live. I clearly believe that we are being called to go deeper. It becomes more evident the further I go down the rabbit hole. God makes himself clearer, more evident through my willingness to confront and attack my selfish desires with his help. Because without him and his will, I'd be left to fend for myself. And frankly, I just can't afford any more trucks. I need my community in my life. They have become my guardrails. And unfortunately, where we meet our, sorry, where we place our guardrails is where we will experience temptation. Temptation will not go away. Without guardrails, temptation only pushes us closer to the cliff of horrendous consequences. Like I said, I need, I need my community to reflect back to me what it is individually and collectively that God is saying to me. And unfortunately, that means that my community will most likely be the ones that get hurt because of my inability or unwillingness to confront my sin. You know, I think the thing that, that stirs me the most about this is that um, I've hurt so many people and offended so many people in my life. And that's a real overwhelming thing when you begin to think about all those moments and situations where you just have justified yourself that I'm just, you become entrenched in your ideology, your, your personal truth, your life mantra, you know. And when that's torn up, when that rug comes whipping out underneath you and, and, and you're left with the awareness of the level of brokenness in your life, it, it really, well, I think it can do one of a couple things. I think that it can, it can lead you and stir you to get closer to God, closer to the Holy Spirit and really begin to look at those things. Pursue healing. Pursue God's truth for your life. And I really, it really breaks my heart when I know that people who don't have Jesus, they don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And I think about like my old life, like before I, before I met Jesus, and how I used to deal with things like that. Those are the things that led me into numbing behavior, led me into anger and spending money and pornography and alcohol addiction and drug use and all of these reckless behaviors that, that numb that pain for a short time but ultimately leave me more and more empty. This podcast is about laying a bit of a foundation down for the future of this, this podcast and really the future of my life, I'm hoping. Um, I have a lot of hopes and and I have a lot of hope and expectation for this year. And 
what I'm hoping for and expecting is growth, is personal growth. I want to be a better man. I want to be better balanced. I want to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in my thought patterns, the decisions that I make, and my ability to control my emotions. And so in some of these podcasts, one in particular that I'm going to, I feel like it has a lot of really good content in it, but I, I really get upset. And I, in not so many words, call some people out. And not individually, but as a group. And I get really passionate and heated about it. And I don't want to edit it out because it's where I was when I recorded the podcast. But I also want you to know that I'm aware, or I'm beginning to, I believe that I'm beginning to be aware of a lot of the brokenness in the way that I communicate and carry myself. And it's not my heart to hurt anyone. I think that's a more accurate description as offense. I, I don't mind if I offend you, but I don't want to hurt anyone. And I oh, I feel like I'm going to get emotional because I really do love people. I think that, I think that life is hard and I think that most people are doing the best that they possibly can do. And I want to honor that. But I also, I want to honor truth in me and, and what God's doing in me and how he's created me to be and the things that are true for me. And I don't have the right to hurt people in pursuit of that. So if for some reason that I have hurt you, if you've taken offense to the point where I've hurt you. I'm sorry. I, I really am truly sorry. I, it was not my intention. It's not my intention. I'm just one broken guy trying to put together life the best I can and understand it and grow as a human. So I hope that, I hope that you hear my heart. My hope is that you grow in your relationship with Jesus. My hope is that you experience the grace and the love that Jesus has shown me. And I actually hope that it's greater than the love that he's shown me. I hope that you trust him enough to lead you into healing in your life. I pray that God, that if you're listening to this right now, I want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you so much for those that have taken the time to just listen to this podcast. And I just ask right now, Jesus, I thank you for, I thank you for the healing that you've provided for us, that you died, that you took our sin, and that you are healing us. And I pray for those that don't know you right now, Father, that you would come into their hearts, that you would speak to them, that they would sense your peace, that they would hear you knocking at the door, and that they would have the courage and the strength to open that door and let you in, that you are a God of love and peace. I pray that they would come to know you as the gentle Father that you are. I pray that the Christians listening right now, who may not know you this way, that they would come to know you as the gentle Father, that your love would just wash over them and engulf them and just, and just overwhelm their bodies, their minds, their hearts, and that your peace would just resonate out of them. I thank you, Father, that you are good and that you love everybody. <laughs>